Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. How we doing, traders? Welcome to the SPACs attack you guys definitely know where you guys are at we're going to talk a lot about lidar today so get ready we got another stock for you guys in the lidar industry so let me know if you guys are excited give me a big thumbs up and let's go ahead and get the specs attack started What up, what up, what up, my traders? How we doing? Yes, yes, I was just trading live, changed the shirt, ready for another interview. So let's bring on my man, the brains to this show. You guys might know him as Chris Ketchy on our articles, but guess what? I know him as Chrisopedia. Hey, what's going on, Mitch? Hoping that you had a great weekend. I'd love to say that mine was, you know, amazing. But of course, we did see the Netherlands bow out of the Euro 2020 tournament, unfortunately. But otherwise, great weekend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, when the dogs go barking, the dogs go barking. It looks like the dogs are barking in the back. They weren't too happy with the Netherlands losing either. I wasn't too happy because I lost a nice parlay. But, hey, that's how it goes, and you just keep going. You find the next trade, just like I find the next sports bets. So who knows? We'll just keep going and moving. But, Chris, looks like we have some movement out there in the SPAC industry. So we definitely want to go ahead and get towards our watch list in our interview today. So we'll see kind of how we're moving on the day. But definitely, definitely not a bad day today. Uh, we've got a couple of them leading. CCIV is one of our leaders. We've been talking about this yes. one. We'll definitely get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get definitely. to that on the watch list. But yeah, CCIV, we've, we've been talking about over the past week, you know, so hopefully everyone was able to maybe catch a, a position in that one like you did, Mitch, because, you know, where we're seeing the, the, the trends starting to come back. And, you know, with that merger vote date set, I, I think CCIV gets started here. And guess what, Chris? I want your body. <laughs> yeah, we've I got, want your body. We've got to talk body when Ooh. we get to the watch list too. So, all right, definitely, we'll go ahead and get into that. Let's go ahead and keep this going and get into the headlines. All right, guys. Yeah, you know, for a Monday morning, there actually is not a ton of uh, news out there for SPACs. But as Mitch said, we do have lots of movement, so we want to spend some time on that watch list. So I'll try to power through, you know, the headlines today. So up first, as Mitch said, Beachbody completing its name and ticker change today. New ticker, B-O-D-Y, shares are trading. Company also rang the opening bell. Um, You know, so they're going to get some attention today. Uh, Shares were up significantly this morning. Uh, Still up on the day, but we'll take a look at that chart after headlines. We want to say that there's a new SPAC. Uh, it will be ticker TDMY, filed by our friend Niccolo Damasi. Um, this is the same team that did Rush Street Interactive, Genius Sports, and Ion Q deals. Um, keep an eye on DMYQ. That is the other uh, SPAC from uh, Damasi and team. With the new filing, you know, there's a chance that we get a deal announcement, um, you know, from DMYQ. Q in the near term. So definitely on watch today. Then NGCA, if you missed the show on Friday, NGCA was one of my favorite picks for a possible move higher. 
the company has a merger rumor with Virgin Orbit, which was, you know, one of the most sought after companies for a while. Um, but shares still under 1050. Uh, you know, Virgin Orbit actually has news out this week. They have a satellite launch coming on the 30th. That's this Wednesday. Um, you know, so I think we could actually see shares of NGCA move higher on Wednesday since they're the company connected to Virgin Orbit until that rumor, you know, gets gets shut down, you know, with Virgin Orbit saying, you know, they're going to IPO or something different. But until then, NGCA is the company that is in exclusive talks with Virgin Orbit. So I think shares actually move higher this week uh, on my watch list. Um, Tattoo Chef, uh, another one that's been on my watch for a while, I'm starting to see rumors out there, people finding their products um, on Kroger's website. So Tattooed Chef already in Target stores, Costco stores, a handful of others, and selling direct to consumer. It also looks like maybe they will be added to Kroger stores. That's one of the largest grocery retailers in the nation. So that would be a, a big get for Tattooed Chef. Definitely a story to keep watching. And we did get some dates set. We have LCY voting on July 30th with or 13th with Hillman Group, GXGX voting on the 14th with Cellularity, and TWND voting on the 20th of July with Complex. Um, July calendar filling in nicely here. Uh, we'll dive in since uh, tomorrow is nearing the start of July. We'll dive into that July calendar, I think, tomorrow. Um, or later this week, really want to highlight, you know, as we did with June, the the large calendar of merger vote dates, and maybe point out some that Mitch and I are watching, you know, from a story and from a, a, a technical point of view on which ones maybe are the ones to look at before those vote dates. Our big mover on Friday, former SPAC, Virgin Galactic, SPCE, shares were up 39%. To end the day, they also were trading higher in after hours on Friday. Shares are down 5% today, pulling back a little bit. Um, you know, this was the move I called out on Friday, said that we would get a pullback most likely coming on Monday or Tuesday. And then the big story to watch now will be if Virgin Galactic decides to try to beat Jeff Bezos to space. Um, we could see another leg up. But if that July 20th date passes with Blue Origin going to space, we could also see some more downward pressure um, on Virgin Galactic shares. And then uh, we do have a deal out. This one was announced around 9 o'clock today. I don't have a ton of color on it yet, but this is the Oncology Institute. Um, this is an oncology care company going public. That ticker is DFPH. Uh, DFP Healthcare trading right around $10 today. Uh, deal values the company at $842 million. They're the US market leader in value based oncology care. Um, this is highly scalable and, and an operating model that they say can disrupt the $200 billion oncology market. So they have over 50 community-based practice locations in states like California, Nevada, Arizona, and Florida. They serve 1.3 million lives under contracts. They treat over 46,000 patients each year. Um, you know, this, this is a large company. They have a pipeline of growth, uh, additional states, acquisition pipeline uh, to really grow the business. 
So revenue they see uh, growing 18% to 221 million in 2021, and then up 56% to 345 million in fiscal 2022. Uh, again, I don't have a ton of details on this. I would imagine that that 18% revenue growth is due, uh, you know, in fact, of uh, coming out of the pandemic, and that 56% in 2022 may take them closer to, uh, you know, prior numbers. Uh, already seen a comment from uh, Avery in the chat on SoFi. Didn't have a chance to, to get into this one a ton on Friday. So SoFi is the subject to several share lockups starting today, June 28th, after meeting several items um, from that uh, investor uh, filing. So we could see some big sales from some uh, insider holders. I will note that the pipe shareholders actually did not have a lockup. So they were free to sh uh, trade shares immediately when this traded or changed over to SoFi. So that's something to keep in mind. But we are seeing shares of SoFi face some pressure here. Um, we're down under 18 today. Uh, this is one I'm actually looking at um, possibly getting into once we see you know all the selling pressure go away. So that would be my notes on SoFi. That's what I've got, Mitch. Let's dive into that watch list. You know, body, of course, um, the, the big move today. We're up 5%. We were up double-digit percent earlier today. Um, you know, this, this is an exciting one. And we were trading at, I mean, when we looked at this June calendar, Mitch, we were trading at around $10, right? Um, when, we, when we highlighted the, yep. the merger dates to watch. And this was one that we said from the start, this is a well-known brand. It's going to also trade as body, B-O-D-Y, which is a great ticker. Um, this is one that should be on watch. And, and yeah, I'm pulling up the, the list right now. This was $10.03 when, when we talked about it with the June calendar. And look at that move since then. Uh, I mean, if you were able to get into this, you, you saw some nice chances to take a 10% profit, a 20% profit. Even this morning, you know, over 30% profit. So uh, what, do, what do you think of body today, um, you know, now that it is starting to see some downward pressure here? A little bit upset because, of course, you know, I sold out a little <laughs> bit early. But, hey, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I sold out a little bit early, took some profits in this one. When it came back down to 995, they're giving me another chance to get in it, and I missed out. And then so now you're seeing this stock back up there towards that 1265. We'll see if it can kind of continue making it to move on up. You're seeing that, that that interest definitely be in that stock. One thing that I would definitely look for, guys, is for in the next couple of days to see some kind of mention really get picked up on, let's say, Reddit streams or, or threads. Look for that kind of pickup um, in that environment. That's what you want to see, some kind of hype really get picked up on this name. And then you could see it continue moving. I don't think this is it. Um, I do think this is a, a smart pullback here to get some kind of volume into the stock. Now you're seeing 2.6 million shares traded. So let's see how this actually reacts in the next couple of days. See if some people are trying to load up the boat, start an average somewhere in here, and then kind of get that big lift up. We'll see if that kind of comes. Uh, next stock that I'm looking at, of course, we talked a little bit about it. CCIV starting to make its move up, up about 7% on the day. I'm going to keep watching this one, see if it can continue making its move on up. I would love to see this one get to 30. 30 would be that number where it really started to get that lift look and really would start looking bullish to get to the gap. The gap is at 35, 
And so once we get up there through the 30s, we'll be looking strong. Hold on any pullbacks towards 27, but we're going to look for that move to continue going through the 30s. I'm in this one at 25, 22s, and we'll see if we can continue to see this one making its move on up. Uh, Nicola on its way up also fighting to get to the 20s. You see multiple highs here above 1860s, 19. I want to see 19s hold today, and then it could go up there and start testing 20. So let's see how this one starts moving. CMLF, an interesting play here as it's made multiple times to get above this kind of 1325 area. What are you thinking about this play, Chris? Do you think there's some interest in here? Yeah, I definitely think there's some interest. Um, you know, this is one, uh, this is SEMA 4. This is, you know, uh, I, I think ARC is in this one. Um, it's seen some nice movement. If you look at that chart, I mean, this one skyrocketed when they announced the deal. But that, of course, was back in February, you know, when we kind of saw the peak of SPAC. So now we're starting to see kind of that makeup trade, though. And, and this is another one where they haven't announced um, the merger vote date. So, you know, you've got another catalyst with that coming. Um, definitely one to watch. Mitch, the thing I'll say about the the watch list here is a couple of those names at the top of today's, uh, you know, trades. We have Skills, Nicola, Fisker, Desktop Metal, Lordstown Motors, uh, QuantumScape, MP Materials. Those were all stocks that were added to the Russell 3000 on Friday. Uh, you know, we talked about this, uh, you know, weeks ago that there were going to be a lot of despacked companies getting added to the Russell. And if you played, you know, some of that trade idea, you're, you're seeing that makeup now where these these former SPACs are getting added to the Russell. And now these, you know, these ETFs have to add shares uh, of these former SPACs. I mean, one in five uh, of the additions to the Russell 3000 was a former SPAC. But look at that. I mean, skills, you know, uh, it, all those movers uh, on that watch list. I mean, half of that top list, I think, got added, added to the Russell 3000. So, you know, a nice move again today. Yeah, last one I'm going to mention so that we can get into our interview. Coming up, guys, we will be having an interview with the CEO of uh, the the company merging with CCAV, Kevin Kennedy, coming up, guys. So stay tuned for that. Uh, last company I want to mention is QS, QuantumScape. Reason why is what you just kind of mentioned, right? And so I'm looking to see if this one can kind of continue making its move. Uh, it is pulling back a little bit today, was up a little bit higher in the pre-market hour. So we'll see if this one can kind of continue making its move. But look how there's even uh, right now, as of recently, there's been kind of these call sweeps coming in to QS. I'll give you guys a little bit of insight. I do see a little bit of a wave coming into EV. What if, I, if we get another wave into battery makers? So look how that's looking strong this morning, up there at about 2.3%. And this is when I start looking at this one and I'm like, the FOMO, the FOMO starts coming in because I, I wanted this one this morning. I didn't get this one, but I'm paying attention to this one. I think this one has a great chart that it can come back to. Um, if we look here at the daily chart, this one can really start getting roaring. It's had multiple looks to break down has uh, this kind of 25 level that it held sideways and 26 for uh, quite a while now. Let's see if we can get a real lift on this one through the 30s. In the end of the week, I'll be looking to see if this one can get back up there towards kind of this 40 look. We'll keep an eye out, QuantumScape on the move. Up there now, about 3% now. We'll keep an eye on this one. Joining us on SPACs Attack, we have Kevin Kennedy. He is the CEO and chairman of Quantergy. That company is merging with CITIC Capital Acquisition Corp, ticker CCAC. 
Welcome to SPAC's Attack, Kevin. Thanks, Chris and Mitch. Great to be here with you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm going to go ahead and let Chris lead with some questions, and I'll be back with some of my own. Great. Awesome. So, Kevin, before we dive into to Quanergy here, wondering if you can give our viewers a, a brief background um, of your experience in the industry here. Yeah, sure, Chris. Uh, you know, been uh, blessed to work any place from Bell Labs to Cisco Systems in great growth years, and uh, more recently, JDSU, and uh, today at Quanergy. So, uh, always in tech is really the point. Perfect. And then, you know, we have Quanergy going public via SPAC here. The the first question we like to start with here on SPAC's attack, you know, is why a SPAC merger to bring Quanergy public? And, you know, was a traditional IPO also a consideration for your company? Well, Chris, you know, I think it, at one point in time, uh, and all boards look at uh, multiple paths, but I think the reality is, you know, number one, uh, the market is poised to start growing. Uh, as we're coming out of the pandemic and looking to timelines for both the Internet of Things and uh, the transportation market. Uh, second is uh, there are many, many venture-backed uh, companies, and this is a moment where access to capital is crucial. And then third is, uh, you know, here you have a, uh, a SPAC that uh, found interest in this particular company, and the board had a decision to make, is, is this the right time and the right place? And, and, and we made that decision. So we're, we're thrilled. Access to capital is a key ingredient to uh, success, and uh, we're going to put our heads down and c continue to execute. And then even prior to the SPAC merger, you know, Quanergy has attracted some big names as investors in the company. We have Aptive, uh, Daimler, Enterprise, Samsung, and others. You know, what does this do in terms of validation of Quanergy and your products to, you know, secure some of the, the big names on this slide here that we're showing? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And so, you know, let me, uh, let, let me start with one of the reasons that uh, I was attracted to trying to help the company was that, um, number one, very big markets in the future. And, of course, the automotive market will be probably one of the biggest uh, second is that we have a very unique technology called an optical phased array. And the thing that uh, many people are not aware of is that phased array technology, which is all basically all the sciences embedded in semiconductors and, and very large scale semiconductors like CMOS, is that uh, ships roughly 20 million radar phased array devices per year in automotive today. So the notion that the phased array architecture was a, an extraordinary fit for high scale was very clear. And then third is, you know, this is an industry and a company that needed to scale. And obviously, from my background, I have a lot of experience in helping companies scale and, and technology. So um, I believe that the early investors that you just showed on the screen saw all of those same attributes. They were familiar with the phased array architecture. Uh, we're doing in, uh, in nanometers what phased array architecture and radar does in millimeters. And so... Um, uh, you know, logical that we would be there, and therefore they want to invest in our success. And uh, you're right that this moment of attracting the capital from uh, Cita Capital is sort of a validation of that insight of our early investors. Awesome. So, you know, you gave us some great background there on the company, you know, in the LIDAR space. I, I want to get a little bit into, you know, some customers and some partnerships. So, Quantergy has over 350 customers, 40 partnerships, and also 80 active pilot programs. Can you give our viewers, you know, just 
uh, you know, a sense of what type and what companies you're working with and, and how some of those pilot programs, you know, will progress through the years? Yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, the company's first products were really focused on the mapping industry. And uh, however, more recently, as we came out with some new products, better range, better uh, uh, dimensionality, we've seen most of our activity in the smart cities, smart spaces. Um, and so examples of that would be, uh, for example, if you are in Miami Airport, Denver Airport, uh, Singapore, Heathrow, uh, we have uh, our LiDAR technology uh, basically watching as you come in the, the uh, airport uh, at terminal how you get to the TSA gate, what the queue size is at the TSA, uh, and so forth. So smart cities basically being able to help uh, automate large public infrastructure. And so we have partners such as CETA uh, that uh, we have worked with on, on that front, um, uh, CrowdVision and, and others. And so uh, the bottom line is we add a level of intelligence by being able to detect uh, classify that it's a human being and be able to track and then therefore we can uh, measure the cues and help people realign uh, manpower at, at public infrastructure. So that's a couple of examples. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen so many companies, you know, mentioned as, as LIDAR uh, market plays. And here in your presentation, we have that the Internet of Things LIDAR market is expected to reach $16.7 billion by the year 2030. And, and as you mentioned, you know, smart cities, uh, mapping, security, some, some of those different areas. Uh, you know, can you just walk us through kind of the, the game plan for, for Quantergy to really hit on the Internet of Things LiDAR market here. Yeah, so great. You know, all of these markets are in transition. And uh, as I said, today, roughly uh, two thirds of our pipeline are on new applications around new products. But mapping has been a traditional um, uh, stronghold for LiDAR in general and certainly Quantergy. However, what's new there is uh, drone-based LiDAR. So having great distance so that you can get above uh, wires uh, great resolution so that you have fewer passes across a vineyard or a construction site. Um, so the drone and, and therefore great packaging. So it's, it's light, it's cost effective, but you get a lot of uh, technology bang for the buck. Uh, in the security space is securing uh, critical infrastructure like data centers, which are, you know, if you, if you fly into Reston, Virginia, you know, the, the data center world is exploding. It's like the, the factories of the 1950s, if you will. Uh, I think 80% of the traffic of the world goes through uh, Ashburn, Virginia. Um, smart, smart cities or other critical infrastructure like uh, pipelines in uh, the Middle East, uh, retail, airports, uh, people have needs to secure things, uh, often used with in combination with camera technology, by the way. But probably the biggest and most important one for us is the industrial space. All of those infrastructure deals are deals where you uh, work with some portion of uh, a region, you deploy it, and then you wait, and then you get the next one. Industrial is where you have robots, AGVs, or other end units that are being pulled by uh, the markets of today. And, uh, and so it's like a design slot. It's a great precursor to the, the volumes of the transportation market that occur later in this decade. So for us, we want to do a great job on the first three sectors that we talked about, but port automation and the industrial uh, is where you get design slots, design wins, much higher volume. And the thing that's going on there is a transition from 2D to 3D. 
So many of the earlier uh, LIDAR, scanning LIDARs, as well as camera technologies are becoming insufficient. And people, we can deliver three-dimensionality of uh, shape, direction, velocity, um, all at 2D prices. And so right now I see a significant vigor as we begin going after the industrial market. Again, the mega trend is uh, 3D uh, technology and capability at 2D pricing. Perfect. And then uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the automotive LIDAR market, but I know Mitch has some questions on that later on. But we have a total addressable market of $10.6 billion for, uh, by the year 2030 for automotive LIDAR. Uh, why is it important here that Quantergy is you know, kind of going after Internet of Things first um, before automotive here? Yeah, well, first, you know, uh, one of the challenges has been that the automotive market has... Um, has not developed at the pace that people thought, say, in 2015, 16, and 17. And so um, it's, it, it will be a, a very, very large market. Uh, it is the most demanding in terms of the technology. And I would say that, to your point earlier, where you mentioned the um, advisors that we have from the auto market that are observers on our board, the feedback that we have gotten is that the uh, uh, automotive market for LIDAR will develop uh, well, said another way, the level two and level two plus technologies that are in place today will be survive and be more prevalent for a little bit longer than people thought. So therefore, in order to de-risk us and make sure that we could scale well, the Internet of Things uh, market became crucial for us to, to do a great job at. And that's a market that is uh, incubating today. The industrial market, by the way, today is over a billion dollars. Uh, the problem is, is it's, it's largely 2D technology waiting to be uh, disrupted by 3D. And so that's why we are going after uh, the IoT. It's a bridge to the automotive. Uh, it's ready. It's big today. And we have great technology that can uh, help customers. Perfect. And then, you know, obviously becoming a publicly traded company, you know, we've got to talk a little bit about the financials. So we have revenue projections, you know, uh, 90 million in 2023. And then it really starts to ramp up 255 million in 2024, 549 million in 2025, you know, compounded annual growth of 201% from 21 to 25. Walk us through a little bit what happens in 2023 to 2024 there to really ramp up the, the revenue numbers. Yeah. So the uh, obviously the growth rate is uh, benefits from starting with a, a small uh, denominator uh, initially. Um, over the last year, we just brought 10 new products to market. This year, we'll do uh, something equivalent to that. So our velocity has, has kicked in. And our line of sight to getting automotive or solid state uh, category products is, uh, is in place, uh, you know, is palpable right now. And so what you see here is that in the first uh, uh, three years, three, three to four years, we're largely IoT-based. And the biggest growth is really going to come from the industrial or the security and smart spaces uh, side. As we hit that 2024 and 2025, you begin to see us entering the, tr the transportation market on the back of some successful wins with um, uh, the solid state. And so, you know, to your point earlier, uh, we are largely a mechanical and software uh, IoT play for the first three to four years, uh, followed by a, a phasing in of uh, uh, solid state technology for transportation. 
Perfect. And then, uh, you know, there was a mention of M&A listed on the presentation for future growth. I'm wondering if you can just give us a, a sense of, you know, what Quantergy will be looking for. Will it be acquisitions within the IoT market? Will it be, you know, so, some other areas, you know, and could we possibly see some consolidation from uh, all these LIDAR companies that are going public? So, number one, I, I definitely believe that you'll see uh, consolidation from uh, LIDAR companies that are going public. You know, it's, there's about only 20 uh, companies that actually have revenues. And, uh, and so, <laughs> with over 100 LIDAR companies uh, that were started in the venture side, you will see consolidation. Um, for us, we're going to be very much focused on, uh, let me step back, in order to scale uh, to meet those demands that you showed uh, in implied by revenues, companies will be uh, find it necessary to uh, do some M&A just to scale for, for uh, skills and, uh, and talent. Uh, there's another side of this that um, as you get more and more successful, you have to have more cross-functional skills and getting that complexity, it's easier to sometimes acquire those skills than to hire those skills. Then the third is there'll be software technologies, and you're exactly right, we will be looking for um, acquisitions that can allow us to scale and become more complete solution providers within specific verticals. Uh, so I don't anticipate that being so much from a sensor perspective, but from a software uh, skills uh, and delivery perspective, I think you'll see some uh, M&A interest on our side. Perfect. And then one last question from me before I turn things over to Mitch here uh, with some more questions. We're, we're seeing an administration, you know, that's supportive of electric vehicles. We also just got, you know, a large infrastructure package passed. How much of that, um, you know, optimism from the administration is priced into projections here? Or could there be some upside for, for Quantergy, you know, with the new infrastructure bill and electric vehicle uh, spending? Great question. And I don't know the answer to how much is priced in. I think uh, certainly our projections and from a board perspective, uh, we, we did not uh, think about the favorability that you're implying that ca came out in, in the recent bills. So I think I think that's a positive. It uh, gives energy to our, our team and our board, uh, but I'm not uh, capable of telling you what's priced in to the to the pricing. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here now. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is let's go ahead and bring up this slide, uh, you know, for and for myself, too. That's not a LIDAR expert here. Can you explain to us what really OPA LIDAR really is and how you guys have an advantage here compared to, let's say, MEMS and flash technology? Yeah, sure, Mitch. And let me try to, uh, uh, you know, be useful to you and your viewers on this. Um, so I'll start with the, the optical phased array. Simply think about it as um, uh, antennas that are embedded into a semiconductor substrate, so the way it's etched, and you create interference patterns, you know, like throwing a rock into a, a pond. There's these circles that uh, emanate, and uh, by computer controlling those uh, interference patterns, you can create a beam you can steer a beam, and then you can enable it to be detected. The great news is it's all it's, it's a heavy investment up front to design that so simply in uh, solid state. And that on this picture that you have here, that uh, little board in the middle, 
you can see it's uh, about the size of the fingers on a Applejack, uh, represents uh, that beam steering uh, capability. Um, so the great news is you get uh, two things. You get semiconductor economics, which is the absolute uh, lowest variable cost as you scale up, uh, but you get computer control. So you get uh, features. So if you go back to the other slide that was sort of the matrix, um, you know, you get things like adaptive zoom, uh, where you can focus all of the light uh, on the object. You can move it around in any pattern. Uh, those are things that are somewhat unique to the optical phased array. And that's why, as I mentioned, phased array architecture is so attractive and ships today in 20 million cars under the rubric of radar. Uh, so it's why it's a great fit. Now, to comp compare that to other technologies, uh, I'll go to the bottom. Uh, you know, there is a technology called Flash, which has been around for quite some time, uh, very useful in scanning uh, applications. And uh, that's just like a, a flashbulb where you have many light sources, so you're not steering the beams, and you saturate a, an object with uh, that light. It tends not to be so energy efficient because there's so much light. You tend to have uh, range limitations because it's hard to um, filter out the light that you don't need, if you will. Um, and so that's why you see the cost is a little bit less uh, favorable, reliability is uh, a little bit less favorable, and things like the computer control that you get from the steering just isn't there. Uh, MEMS is really, uh, there's two, been two generations of mirrors. There's a, a Galvi mirror, which tends to be a larger mirror, and then there's uh, micro-electronic uh, mirrors, so that more, um, much smaller, and, uh, but it's another piece of an architecture that has to steer the beam. So it's another part, if you will, that has to be packaged. And so because of that, you tend to have a little bit higher cost, less reliability. Sometimes the mirrors get stuck. They're not as performant. And you have less flexibility in the, um, the dimensionality of uh, where you steer the beam. And so the bottom line is for maximum, the, the hardest of these three to make was the OPA. We just had a breakthrough for range this year. But the, so the other two were faster to, to market, but uh, you suffer on either cost, reliability, or performance. Is that helpful? Uh, honestly, I, I'm going to replay that for myself because I've been trying to really understand the industry. And I think you did a great job there, Kevin, of doing a quick explanation there, but definitely pointing out what are the differences between the technologies and the technology that you guys have. And it's like it says at the bottom here, uh, it says Quant Energy is the only major LIDAR producer to successfully harness this, the potential of OPA, and and why do you think that you guys were able to be successful here while others weren't? Yeah, great. It, it, it was really a philosophy. You know, the the uh, if you wanted to get the first product to put on a car and trial, OPA wasn't going to be the path. Uh, if you wanted to pick an architecture that you knew ultimately would have the best economics in the industry, the OPA was the path. So it was a bet. If the industry had actually uh, kicked off and triggered in 2018, uh, we would be have been challenged. Given the current uh, timeline, we're lining up uh, the best ever for uh, the advance and the scaling of this industry. Excellent. So let's go ahead and let's get into some comparables here. So we're starting to look here at kind of revenue uh, dependency, really. And it's said here that it's compared and represents 18% uh, of the revenues in 2025 compared to about the range here that you see 78 to 80% uh, most LIDAR companies. How are you guys able to accomplish this kind of dependency and, and it actually not really being dependent on exactly the automotive industry? 
Yeah, Mitch. So, you know, great question. And, and this goes back to the, the earlier conversation about um, uh, many companies were focused s simply and strictly on the automotive industry. The automotive industry has taken longer. We had the benefit of having a portfolio that uh, also focused on this IoT. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the IoT uh, market is uh, starting today. The indus industrial side of that is the largest single uh, LiDAR consumer today in hundreds of millions to a billion uh, dollars. And so uh, that what that slide represents is, is we're focusing on uh, the IoT market as a bridge to automotive. And so another way of looking at that observation is if automotive LiDAR consumption were to take longer than people think, we are uh, a lower risk than other choices in that uh, chart. Definitely, definitely something that we're going to keep an eye out to watch how these other companies either show their dependency in only automotive or also kind of expand into it. But definitely something that I like to point out. Uh, the next thing I want to point out is when we get into the revenue multiples here, this is where it really kind of stands out to me uh, compared to, let's say, LiDAR providers. We're talking the lowest kind of multiple that I'm seeing here on this. So how are you guys able to uh, accomplish this low revenue multiple? And really, I mean, this is something that I think we're going to keep watching in the long term as this looks like it's going to be a nice value play here. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, if, if you go back to um, just the, the buildup, you know, that the prior chart really communicated mm -hmm. three things, which was one is, um, you, you know, our revenue dependency uh, has a different risk profile given the, um, uh, IOT being used as a bridge to automotive statement one statement two is we plan on burning less cash in order to uh, get to cash flow break even significantly less cash. And the reason is much of the heavy investment on the OPA has already been accomplished. And so a lower risk. And then the third is valuation. And that's where this slide comes in. Uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is uh, CIDIC uh, has, uh, you know, negotiated deal that uh, uh, is a lower risk and at an attractive entry price, if you will, uh, said another way, discounted relative to the peers. And so uh, that's what they felt was uh, the right positioning for the market. Um, that's the opportunity that's being presented. And that's the decision that our board had to um, align with or not. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what we've done. Uh, of course, the the LiDAR space, you know, as a backdrop to this, one year ago, there was one uh, public company and the valuation, public valuation was uh, under half a billion. Today, uh, there are uh, six or seven standalone LiDAR companies and uh, the public valuations exceed 18 billion. So it's a market that is attracted, um, you know, uh, people into the market for public investment. Uh, most of the uh, SPACs are trading at par or better. And... Um, you know, Cidic, uh the proposition that they're bringing to people is a, uh, uh, a lower risk, uh, ho hopefully in terms of the financials, and uh, but a discount, as you're pointing out. Yep, definitely. That's why I'm pointing out this bottom line too here, guys. As it states here, trading at 57% to 72% discount to the peer groups and the current averages. So definitely something that keeps it on watch for me, especially when we're when we're trying to find uh, which one is really going to kind of take off and take the lead here. I think this is really something that you kind of pay attention to with that discount being there for our investors out there uh, on the SPACs attack. Let's go ahead and bring Chris back in here. 
How are we doing, Chris? You got some questions from the chat for us? Doing good. Yeah, Kevin, we've got a couple questions in the chat here for you. And I, I got to tell you, Kevin, you know, I, I really enjoyed the the answer from you on breaking down the LIDAR market. Mitch, that was great to ask. And, you know, Kevin, we, we hear of so many LIDAR companies, you know, going public and, you know, there's that big, what is LIDAR and what is LIDAR all about? So big thank you. And as Mitch said, I'm going to go back and, you know, watch that uh, explanation too, because I really think it helped to, to break down the LIDAR market here. Um, so a couple questions from the chat here. We have uh, Born to be Free asking, are you building your own IoT devices? Is the security built in? So can you talk a little bit about the, the security in the Internet of Things market? Yeah, we, we do uh, uh, build our own devices. Uh, we are adding, incre- you know, for, for the most part, these sensors are uh, have a minimal amount of security. We are adding more so that... Uh, we're more applicable to customers' needs, uh, and it's easy, somewhat easy for us to do that because we we do control both the uh, firmware on the sensors as well as the software that sits above that extracts the uh, the data. So um, having all of that in house makes it a little bit more uh, palpable to do ourselves. Awesome. And then uh, you know, last question here. We've got one from AJ asking any prospective customers on the books. I don't know if you're able to break anything on the show today. Probably not. But I guess I would rephrase that question otherwise to will Quantergy be able to, uh, you know, announce partnerships or will that be up to uh, the company that you're working with? How will this uh, be communicated to investors? Yeah, look, when we have uh, news on partnerships, we will uh, we will make public announcements. Uh, we view that that uh, is a important aspect of the the post merger uh, you know agreement uh, debut, and so I think you should be uh, be watching for news over the summer for sure. All right. You guys heard it there. Uh, Watching for news over the summer. Uh, Again, joining us on the show today, Kevin Kennedy, the CEO and chairman of Quantergy, that company going public via SPAC. The ticker is CCAC. Kevin, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, joining us on SPAC's attack. And we look forward to, you know, following the progress of, uh, you know, Quantergy hitting the public markets here. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin. Bye. All right, guys. There you guys have it. Another interview done and knocked out there. I thought that was a great one there. Let's go ahead and I'm going to show one more last thing. I put it in the chat right now, guys, for you guys to check out. On their website, they actually have a section called What is LIDAR? So it has a lot of explanation, a little bit more in depth than we were talking about here. So if you want to do some DD, this is where you want to go ahead and get into and start learning a little bit more about what the how the field of view makes a difference, how reflectivity makes a difference, the different types of LIDAR. And then also I love this chart that they have at the bottom, which kind of uh, signifies the difference between LIDAR, radio, uh, radar, and video. And then you'll start seeing the differences in why it's important to get into kind of this LIDAR move versus let's say uh, using radar or even video technology there. So definitely we're going to keep a watch out on this to see how it kind of pushes the autonomous car and gets it to the next level. But if you want to learn a little bit more, check it out, guys. I put the link up there. What you thought of the interview, Chris? You know, I loved it. And a couple key points here, you know, Mitch, we talk all the time about the the numerous LIDAR companies going public, right? And who's going to win? You know, is there room for tons of players? And the majority of those LIDAR companies 
so focused heavily on the automotive market, which, you know, you heard Kevin say LIDAR is going to be a game changer for the automotive market. But I really like, you know, as you pointed out on that slide, uh, Quantergy, only 18% of their revenue in 2025 is going to be from the auto market. They're not dependent on the automotive market like some of these other companies are. So where we see, you know, heavy, heavy competition, you know, between these other uh, LIDAR companies uh, competing for, you know, these vehicle deals, Quantergy is focused on smart cities, security, internet of things. And, and I think that's huge because I, I think auto is going to be huge for LIDAR, but I also think we need to see some consolidation there first, you know, which Kevin also talked about. And, and then, you, you know, we tried to get something out of him on some potential customers and we got more than I even thought we would, you know, with him saying that, that stay tuned for the summer, you, you know, and also that they're going to be issuing press releases to to announce, you know, some of these partnerships. That's huge, right? Because sometimes we see where it's kind of, you know, the, the silent partners behind the scenes where they don't really say it. And, and here you have Kevin, you know, saying, no, we're, we're going to communicate that to, to shareholders and stay tuned to summer. Uh, I mean, that's, that's huge. I, I, I'm really liking this, you know, as a LIDAR play here. So, uh, very exciting interview, you know, great questions as always in the chat team. So, you know, what did everyone in the, in the chat think of that? Let us know, you know, uh, tell us if you like this company, um, you know, otherwise let us know, you know, which other LIDAR companies you, you're watching out there. But Mitch, I got to say this one's, you know, as Cole said, added to the watch list here. Definitely, definitely. I was really glad that we got some explanation into LIDAR. You know, that's one of the biggest areas where I think we can get a little bit better on is explaining on what differences really are between the LIDARs and the different companies. What's going to be an advantage? What's going to be a disadvantage? As you saw there, I was actually impressed on a lot of what he brought to the table there. A lot of the companies that he was mentioning are as like... You know, when we look at the MEM and we can look at that uh, kind of that that let's go let's go back to this. Let's bring it back. So you look at here, look at the companies that are selected here, the selected vendors here to the bottom right. It, it looks like Flash is kind of it, it looks at least performance wise, uh, not giving the most. Uh, it, it has about half the the cost efficiency of OPA. And that's like companies like Ouster, where I, I heard a lot of people trying to put Ouster as the leader in the in the LIDAR industry. So this kind of shows me a little bit different. I'm, I got to do a little bit more research. And it just shows me more and more how I don't think a lot of people understand what LIDAR really is and which one's the leader, which one's the best company. And it looks like to me, like you must know a little bit deeper into engineering in these companies so that you can understand these technologies to pick a winner right and so with that being said be careful what you listen to and follow out there and that's what i want to go ahead and mention i know a lot of uh traders are talking a lot about these different lidar companies which one's the absolute best i think you really need to start doing your your research and understanding the three different areas that they're uh, uh approaching here and also one area where it seems like they the other two just don't even have a touch in so focus on that cost real reliability performance. And then right here, they mentioned adaptive zoom. That's something that the other two just don't even have. And so look for that being kind of a competitive advantage that OPA technology could definitely have. And as you guys see here, Quant Energy being the leader in OPA. 
Yeah, you know, excellent points there, Mitch. You know, LiDAR, I think, is one of those segments where everyone needs some exposure to it. And, you know, if you have to pick someone, you know, I'm liking this, you know, with that chart there. I'm liking the the least dependency on the auto market, Um, you know, definitely one that that I'm watching here. And I I have owned shares of a couple of these LiDAR plays before. I, I did well in them. I don't own any of them anymore. Um, but this one definitely on uh, watch. And, you know, which so uh, I, I think we should take a look at maybe the calendar for, for this week. Uh, we do have a couple votes this week. Uh, you know, uh, again, that calendar for June is huge. The, the calendar for July shaping up nicely. But, you, you know, a couple this week. So as we said, FRX body, you know, we called that out and it was a pretty good trade. Um, an, another one was CLII, you know, EVGO, we just had on the show that they, they have a merger this week on the 29th. And when, when we talked about this, the start of the June calendar, it was trading at around $11. I mean, you can see on that, on that chart there, um, you know, this thing now, you know, $16, but if you look, you know, just at the start of this month, it was, it was at 11, you know, it got momentum with that trade date. And then also, you know, on the infrastructure, you know, EV passing of that bill. Um, And then, you know, I I just got to highlight again, you know, when we talk about these catalysts, so June calendar, you you know, it's important to take a look at some of these uh, stocks, you know, before they make their moves, right? Because otherwise you're you're chasing, you know, when they make that move late. But uh, Mitch, what do you think of CLII here going into the vote in a couple or, or actually tomorrow? Um, do you think we keep going up here or will we see some uh, consolidation? Oh, that old Mew trick. The it's old Monday. doggy you, trick. You almost made it. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know how I've made it through today, but I'll, <laughs> we'll keep that in the background. Uh, let's keep it going. Uh, so I've been seeing this one kind of make up that little gap that you saw here, this little gap down. So like it, it gapped up here trying to fill it and it didn't really fill it. So now it's trying to fill that up here. Let's see if we can get up there towards 17. I think you could get a move up towards 17. But really, this is kind of a push out from this level here. So you got any 11 to 14 kind of move. And that was about a $3 move up. So that's kind of the same move I expect here from this 14. 14, $3 move up. I'm expecting a move towards 17 before you get kind of a bigger pullback. Could you get a sideways action day and then a breakthrough that level tomorrow going up towards 17. But uh, from that level, you got to be careful there because you don't really see the volume. You see how the volume is not really getting that high up. That's what you you want to see a big spike show up. Let's say something like this, 6 million shares traded on that push out through 17. Then you could continue seeing the lift and maybe going up there towards 23s. But for right now, 17 on the radar and it needs some volume to continue moving. The, the other two votes this week, uh, you know, that really catch my eye, Mitch, are, and, and I think we talked about these recently, we have APXT uh, voting on Wednesday, that merger with AvPoint, you know, which is a, uh, a, a play on Microsoft, right? And the strength of Microsoft, the strength of the cloud business, uh, APXT, um, you know, this is one that when that deal was announced, you know, it, it got a lot of attention. Um, but really, over the last six months, you know, we, we hit $17, but then this thing dropped all the way down to $10. And, and you know, again, if you got in at the start of June, you, you were a little under, it looks like about 1050 
And, and now you have shares over $12. This is one I, I like Avpoint. And as I've said, Mitch, I think it gets some attention from analysts, you know, as a software play, as a Microsoft cloud play. What do you think APXT there? Yeah, I mean, I, I like this one. You know, I wish I would have grabbed it at $10, but I mean, I can't do all that now. So now I just got to sit back, relax and wait, watch this one rip and feel bad about it later. I know I'm sure I feel bad a little bit about it, but this was one that when it was trading up here was kind of one of the favorite uh, tech tech ones because it had attraction and, and partnerships with uh, Microsoft and you guys can continue to see this kind of affected. One of the things that I will point out is this is why you got to know your levels on SPACs because this one kind of broke levels and went to the next level down. And you could have just added down at the next level down. Even if you got stuck in this one, if you would have gone off of the support levels and gotten your ads at those levels, say you got in this one at $11 and you see the 11 support crack next support down is $10. You could have been adding into that, getting in an average somewhere near 10 fifties, then looking for that 10 50 to break out through. And then you could have looked to add on pullbacks, Boom, you could have been in this one and gotten your kind of your dip buy in this one. This is why you got to know your levels and this is why you got to respect long-term levels of support and looking for those long-term supports to hold. And as you can see on that $10 level, it definitely did hold. And now you're back up there towards 12 and looking really strong. I mean, that candle that we got on Friday, really, really strong candle up there from 1150 to 1250s and a small pullback today. Could be ripping through 1250s tomorrow. So I definitely will keep this one on radar. And then, Mitch, we also have HOL, uh, you know, a space stock uh, merging with Astra. It, when I look at this chart, you know, they announced that uh, merger vote here in June and, and you saw the spike. And then it tested the, the 1050 level, uh, it looks like twice. Um, but really, it, it has done pretty strong and has has trended above that. I, I think space stocks are starting to come back with that Virgin Galactic news. So I think this is another one where we could see that merger vote go through and it could really get some uh, interest from uh, people, you know, post-merger here. What do you think of uh, HOL Astra? Well, I'm going to keep on watch on this one to lead me into the other ones. I, I need to see the other ones also start moving on up. ASTS is one that's on the radar, has been pulling back towards the $10 level. So let's see if the $10 hold there and it does another push out. So I'm keeping an eye on that one. Uh, SFTW, trying to see if this one can kind of get moving, still staying still. So I'm not really seeing the, the, the overall space reaction I thought I would see. When I saw HOL up on the day, I was like, well, maybe all of them are starting to move. No, it just seems like HOL right now, for the moment being, is getting that lift. Could be because of the vote announcement, and that could be just the, the play here. But I also did see overall space stocks make a lift, right? I mean, we look at SPCE, it made a huge breakout, now pulling back, but that could be a move that we see in the overall space industry. Max R, another leader in space, had a nice push up. So I'm wondering, do we get that kind of sympathy to start showing up in HOL in those space stocks like uh, SRAC also, you can take a look at Stable Road. You, that one looking like it's starting to set up there. Nice looking candle there. Multiple attempts to get above 13s. So if there's, if there's one that I'd point out that's starting to look strong, maybe this one right here. SRAC, you see how the volume pop? 
That's what I want to see, right? I always talk about that. When the volume starts coming back in, that's when I start paying attention. We had this lift up with some nice volume. Then it pulled back. Another lift up with volume. Now let's see if we can get strong somewhere up in this level. And then we can really start pushing up towards the next resistance at 16. And then we can look to see if this one wants to really start getting going. But look how this one did multiple attempts. What? Off the support, long-term support. I know a lot of people were talking about, well, SPACs are dead. SPACs are dead. But if you would have been getting them at $10, You'd be looking good right about now. You'd be having a bunch of them up about 20, 30%. And I mean, 20, 30% gainers for something that you can risk near that $10, maybe 5% loss max. Um, that's that's definitely a good risk to return. So those people that were complaining a little bit, hey, waking up sometimes and realizing, hey, maybe you shouldn't have been patient. And that's what one thing that we did definitely did stress here on SPACs attacks is be patient. You never know. These could come back. And if you can hold towards those levels, stick to the original plan that you set, a lot of the times you would go back and see yourself back into the profit. So that's why I always say stick to the plan. The plan, the man with the plan is the one that gets the profits. Awesome, guys. So go ahead, smash that like if you have not. You know, we we got a lot of people in here. We only got 50 likes. Um, you know, that's gonna do it for the show today. We're gonna talk July calendar later this week. We got a couple more interviews coming up, and then we're also going to dive into SPAC warrants later this week. Um, you know, really talk about the the possibility of a warrant trade. Um, you know, and, and talk how warrants are moving and some SPAC warrants under a dollar uh, again. You know, for the the people looking for a, a high risk, high reward trade, could be looking at those. So uh, that's going to do it, though. Stay tuned for Power Hour, and we'll see everyone 11 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow on SPACs Attack. Chris, what do we what do we got for the rest of the week? So we have uh, no guests tomorrow, and, and then Wednesday we do have another interview, um, and also on Thursday. So joining us on Wednesday, we have. Let me pull up here the calendar. We have DDMX, which just announced the uh, sports betting deal um, for Latin America. Um, so that is on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I'm not seeing it on the calendar, but I do know we have a guest, and I believe that is also a, another sports betting deal that was recently announced, uh, S-E-A-H. Um, but I could oh, be mistaken baby. on that. So we're talking sports betting this week, Mitch, which I know uh, is exciting for both of us. So uh, two exciting interviews coming. Definitely, definitely. Got to make our money, and we'll be talking about that. So stay tuned, guys. Coming up next, you got the Power Hour, and stay tuned. All you got to do is just click on over or hang out for the autoplay. See you next time on the SPACs attack.